Welcome to Breakthrough Cocktail, where mixing up happiness, good life skills, and adding a dash of improv to help you live an awesome life. Please give it up for your breakthrough mixologist, Gary Ware. Welcome to another episode of Breakthrough Cocktail. I'm your host, Gary Ware. And today on the show, I have Chris Cerrone of The Sharone Show. Chris is an entrepreneur, he's a podcaster, an all-around great guy. Welcome to the show, Chris. Gary, thank you so much for, for having me and waking me up this early, yeah. on, uh, this fine Thursday morning. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm so excited to have you on the show. We've been trying to get this planned out for a bit, so um, it's finally here. To get us started, give our audience just a quick teaser about what you do before we jump into how you got there. I, absolutely. I'd love to know what I do. I'm still figuring that out. But at the end of the day, uh, I'm just a guy that made a decision in his life to go down a path that I've always wanted to go down, but I was really scared to go down. And what I mean by that is, not to sound all cryptic, but uh, like I wanted to work for myself and I wanted to do something for myself and I wanted to be creative and I wanted to connect with uh, amazing people and surround myself with a community that is always forward thinking, forward moving, ever evolving. And what took shape out of that for me uh, was a podcast. So I started a podcast and we're kind of just talking about this before we hit record. It's been nine, 10 months. And I'll tell you, man, this this podcasting vehicle has taken me places and that I would never think uh, that I would go. Ah, that's great. And I totally agree. It's just one of those things when you have that ambition and you just take the first step and then you take the next step. Yep. Uh, as scary it as it as it is, and you have sometimes no idea where you're going to end up, um, just just keep moving forward. That's really, I, I mean, at, at its core, what, what I'm doing, and even what you're doing, and I'm sure a lot of other people are doing, listening to this. That at its core, that's all it is. It's taking a step and not worrying if you're going to step in a pile of poop or something. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you're just going to be like, you know what? If it happens, it happens. Whatever. I'm just going to start taking steps and seeing where this road's going to lead. Yeah, exactly. All right. So getting started, let's hear your story. So right now you're a podcaster. Take our, our listener into a little journey on how you got there. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So I prior to, to this world I'm in now, I was an entrepreneur. I've owned businesses. I've worked for myself. I've done a plethora of things. I ended up in corporate America for the first time um, for about five years and I absolutely loved my job. Now, most people are like, oh, corporate America, I want out, I hate it, oh, it's cubicle nation, no, 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 no. Like I loved my job and I emphasize that because I, I took it as coming from an entrepreneur background and a business owner background, I didn't take it as, oh, I'm going to work for corporate, I took it as an experience, I took it as a, a learning opportunity, if you will. I didn't go to college and I often say that not because I'm anti-college or anything, but I, I know, and I went through this myself, a lot of people who don't have college degrees, there's there's something in their in their belly that's saying, either I'm not good enough or I'm not worthy enough or I can't do this because I don't have a degree like the, those guys or girls, or it's not possible. So when I started this job in corporate America, I took it as almost like my college to learn that whole aspect and just learn and learn and learn and learn and gain experience. And for someone with no college degree who started at the bottom of this company, you know, I've probably got promoted more times than anyone in that company. In my last two or three positions I held in that company, it was required to have a college degree. Ah. I didn't have one. 
And I ended up landing those positions and thriving really well. But the unfortunate thing is that company was bought out. That company was a large publicly traded company, was bought out by an even bigger large publicly traded company. And it was essentially an asset buy. Like they they bought us out just for the assets of the company. Um, so once once the, the FCC approved it and the merger was complete or the buyout was complete, they fired every single one of us. And I knew it was coming and it's okay. And I, you know, value the experience, but I was left with crap. What am I going to do now? I'm sure like most people in corporate America, they're like, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. You know, and that's, that's where I was at. Um, but I was let go. I took a, a very long trip with my wife because I couldn't even tell you the last time we took a trip and I went to her and I was like, if we don't do this now, we're, we're never going to do this again, or it's going to be, you know, another five years before we can take a trip took the trip, something sparked in my brain during that trip. I, I still don't know what it is. I can't explain it, but it was an overall feeling of, of what I wanted to do with my life and how I wanted to be fulfilled. Came back, did the normal thing like everyone does, panicked. I went out and fought a job, found a job in New York, accepted the position. Uh, it was very high, high six-figure income, bougie title, all like the stuff that people want. And at the very last minute – the night before we were supposed to go sign on our house in Staten Island, uh, the, the thing was in Brooklyn. We chose Staten Island. I'd read, I mean, I can go down and down that road about real estate prices and all that, but we chose to live in Staten Island. And the night before, my wife and I had one of those conversations that usually happens with couples that usually start at the worst times, like 10, 11 o'clock at night, and they don't end until like 3 a.m., just like the worst timing, yep. right? Yep. And what came out of that was I ended up turning down the job to go do something. And I use air quotes because I don't, I didn't know what that thing was at the time for myself. And I mean, that that's pretty much how the podcast had started. Now during this time real quick, because now I feel like I'm rambling at this point, but um, I'm listening to podcasts. I'm trying to stay inspired and get ideas. And, you know, I'm just discovering this world and it was almost like a, like a light bulb, like an epiphany a couple of weeks after we got back from, from New York was, I could do that. Why don't I start a podcast? Like, I think I'm personable. Like everyone says, oh, I'm a people person. Well, yeah. I did the same thing and uh, started a show and, you know, it, it launched a couple months later and here I am now talking to Mr. Gary Ware. That is awesome. And so I want to touch on one thing that I feel a lot of our listeners should take away you, without a college degree, you had this ambition, this fire to succeed, and you got places that you needed a college degree, but yet you had, you learned the skill sets on the job. And why do you think that is? Uh, my gut answer is I have no clue. <laughs> I was just very fortunate. Not lucky, fortunate, because I bust my freaking butt. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, I was very, very fortunate. But I think the thing that helped me in corporate America, get to get to places. And even now, right. Um, it is the type of things that I, I learned or that I thought was important. So I'll give you an example in corporate America, especially in the position that I had, which was involved in sales and marketing, you know, there, there will be these meetings and, you know, presentations to the higher ups and all this other stuff. And most people, would dive into the numbers or making sure they look good or, you know, how could I look good in front of these people and just all this other stuff. And I chose to focus on different things. I chose to focus on my platform skills. How do I speak and present properly? How, how could I get my message across good or bad? Um, 
to the higher ups so that at the end of the day, when they've heard 10, 15 presentations from people in the company, how can I make it so that when I walked out of that room, they're going to be like, crap, that was that was really good. I remember everything Chris said. And even a week later, right? Like, yeah, Chris's presentation or yeah, Chris, like I, I, I wanted to learn that type of stuff. And I mean, that's only one little spoke on the entire wheel, but I just chose to focus on different things all while on the back end, learning Excel, learning PowerPoint, learning how to deep dive into, you know, a, a company and not just, you know, figure out, you know, how to get more sales or whatever, but just figure out why are sales down, you know, or why, you know, did, why is, is this thing right here having a, an effect on this? And, you know, it's almost like those cop sh shows where it's like, Oh, follow the money. Yeah. Like that's kind of what I did. But instead of following the money, I just follow down this trail to figure out the why behind the why. I feel a lot of people that go to college, they come out and they have this false sense of security. Like I have this degree, this piece of paper yeah. that cost me like $150,000. Yeah. And then they jump into like work, whatever that is for them. And they feel entitled, like you need to treat me like this. You need to pay me like this, but they never figure out the why. And they just end up being like George Jetson. If uh, I might be dating myself, but on the Jetsons, all he did was just push I a button. I love the Jetsons. Yeah, I, know. I love the Jetsons. Yeah. But he just pushed a button. That's all he did. He had no idea why he was pushing a button. Yes. And so many people just do that. They, they like learn Excel and maybe they can do some spreadsheets, pivot tables. But when something breaks, they have no idea why it broke, what yeah. they're looking at and they fumble. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, if you seek to understand and you constantly dig to find the why behind the why and not just in corporate America with, with literally anything, I think that's, that's a, that's a big door that people don't realize they need to open or walk through yeah. and it helps you out. And so, I mean, even now with me today in the podcast, you know, and the businesses that Lacey and I are doing together and just all this stuff, like, you know, that same mentality I, I used in corporate America is the same mentality that I'm using now. And the, the entitlement thing, I mean, ugh. We could have an entire three-hour conversation about my thoughts on entitlement, but let's yeah. just say to wrap it up, like I never feel entitled. I don't care how big a position I ever had in corporate America or how big a business was that I've owned in the past or even what I'm doing now. Like, you know, I, I, I'm never too big to, you know, get down at the, at the ground level. Now, I, I fully understand, you know, if you're running a business, you need to think more high level and more long term and strategic. But at the same time, what's wrong with, you know, getting your, your hands and, and knees and feet dirty, getting in the in the trenches? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And yeah. And right now, like, what do we need to do right now to keep things going? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So the next question I have for you is, as you're learning everything, did you have a mentor or some people that you would turn to that sort of pulled you along and, and taught you the ropes? Uh, I always do. My, I, you know, and everything I ever had now going back to corporate because we're kind of on that topic. Yeah. Originally, I uh, I had a boss. He got let go. I had another boss. And there was something about this guy that I just noticed he wasn't like all the other corporate people in America. And as some time progressed, I went into his office and I said, look, this may be weird. I, I, this is not normal in corporate. 
but I, I want to learn from you and I want you to be my, I flat out told him, I want you to be my mentor. I want you to teach me things. I don't know what your, your people over here are doing. Um, I don't care about accolades. I don't care about being number one in, on sales and getting the employee of the month or, or getting the parking spot or any of that crap. Like I, that, that stuff doesn't drive me. What drives me is education and learning and bettering my life and myself. And I think you are the person that are going to, is going to get me there. So if you're down, cool. If not, let me know and I'll put my head down and, you know, I'll just continue to work. And my, my gut intuition about who he was, was absolutely correct because he, he was, he was hyped that I did that. He respected that I did that. And he said, absolutely. And I still talk to him to this day, by the way, he's a good friend, went to his wedding, all that other stuff. He was that person, um, online. And I imagine a lot of people may, may have this question now, like, well, I'm by myself in Wichita, Kansas, or I'm, listening to this podcast and I'm in Tacoma, Washington, or like there's no one I live around. That's okay. Cause I still do this now, but I do it virtually. I do, I do it with people that, you know, I either follow and respect online. Um, which by the way, a lot of the, the people that, you know, I like and follow and respect, I end up striking a conversation with them, whether it be on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, what I, I, I some type of, of conversation, even if it's just a comment on their stuff, I try to forge those relationships because, you know, you have no idea where they can go. So instead of lurking behind the scenes on a computer screen somewhere, uh, why not try to reach out? They're normal people. Yeah. You never know. You never, never, never know. Yeah. And that is a good takeaway right there is one on finding a mentor or just networking in general is sometimes we hold these people with such high esteem and at the end of the end of the day they're just people just like you would yeah. be yep and if you come with that on their level and just you know reach out it's not going to guarantee that they will respond back but if you shouldn't go with that sort of mindset you should just go like to seek information to add value to yeah. just make like a friend yeah i'll I'll, gi I'll give you a perfect example people should like really listen to this example what I'm about to tell you, that sounds so arrogant. <laughs> you need to listen to me. No, here, here's, a yeah, here's a perfect example of what I did that it's, it's really kind of hit me. In, two, in the beginning of 2014, I went to New Media Expo, right? Don't come in this world. Don't, don't know anything. I went to New Media Expo and, to learn, right? My podcast hasn't launched yet. That's the, you surround yourself with like my, all that stuff. So I went to New Media Expo and I ended up talking with all these different people and becoming cool with all these different people and eventually becoming friends with all these different people. Well, as I get deeper into this world, I realize that the, the crew of people that I'm friends with right now are like some of the biggest heavy hitters in the industry, you know? And um, one guy in particular, I talked to him at a party and we ended up hitting it off and we were just chatting, whatever, whatever. And a couple months down the road, some I, I realized who he was and I go, holy crap, like, that's the way I was talking to, like, I, I had no idea who these people are. And I don't know if that's a shot at their egos and I won't mention any names, but I'm just saying like it, but it got me thinking, right? Why was I able to to have those great conversations? Why was I able to meet so many people? Why was I able to, to stay in contact with these people? And now that I can call friends to this day was because I didn't approach it as them on a pedestal. I didn't approach it as them who they are. I approached it as them, just normal old people that um, I thought was another conference goer, right? Not realizing who they were. And for some of these people, even online, right? And I'll just call it out. Some of these people that get big heads and they think they're these online celebrities, which may be true to an extent, but get real. You're just another human being. You know yeah. what I mean? In the real quote unquote real world, 
you ain't crap. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But they they have this guard and they're so used to people saying, oh my God, I love your book. Oh my God, I love your blog. Oh my God, I love your YouTube channel. And, and, and immediately it throws up a filter of them not being standoffish, but them going, all right, it's just a fan. You know, what are they going to ask me for? Are they going to ask me to be on their show? Are they going to ask me to write something? Like, you know what I mean? But if you approach it as just some person you met at a conference or even some person you met at a coffee shop, they they pick that up and it, and it goes a long way. And you as an individual having that conversation and starting that conversation and going to them, it even takes filters and lenses off of you. And, and you're, you're able to be yourself more and be more open instead of kind of buttoning up and saying, oh, I'm talking to this person right now. I, I, I want to respect their time. Screw that. Would you respect some lady's time behind you at the Starbucks? No, you would just jibber jabber your way, you know? That's absolutely right. And I think I have the same mindset too. And that helped me get a number of jobs because I go, it's almost like this childhood innocence where you just yes. being yourself. Yes, that's exactly it right there. You know, and I think people need to go back to that because I've stumbled along so many things where people are like, you did that? I'm like, well, if you don't know that it's something that is hard or dangerous, you just do what you got to do. Yeah, I've been in conferences and, and just different social scenarios where I'll run into these people. And they'll be like, oh, what's up, Chris? Hugs, all that. How you been? How's the kids? Why? Like, we're just normal conversations. And the people I'm with are like, what the frick? Do you know who that, like, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, big, big whoop. I don't care. I'm yeah, sorry. Exactly. You know what I mean? And they, it just helps. Yeah, exactly. They put their pants on one leg at a time. And I think that's the main lesson is treat people like people and yep. break down all barriers and whether you're trying to network or you're trying to start something new, if you just, because everything's in our head, if we yes. just take down these barriers, as hard as that may sound, and just be curious about something and go in with no expectations whatsoever, there you go. It, real, real quick, I want to make this yeah. point. I don't, don't want to keep drawing this out. Yeah. But this, is, this is a very important point. The same works in reverse. Once, once you get some some online presence once you get a name for yourself once you get you know some downloads or some readers or some viewers or whatever the case is and people come to you and they ask you like you you got to remember where they're coming from the second you act like a jerk off or the second you act like you're bigger than you're not and i think i told you this before we hit record the second i act like that stop listening to my show punch me in the mouth if you see me yep. like you you got to just be able to to realize and relate these people over here are not bigger than you. And also you're not bigger than these people. You know, I said, I spoke at podcast move, the first podcast movement. I said it on stage. I will be on anybody's show. And at the end of the, the, the talk, I, you know, everyone's like, Oh, I'll do my show, do my show. And they were almost like shocked that I would say that. And it's like, no, because when I was starting out, so many freaking people, you know, said yes to me. Right said said yes to doing my show when I was a little known nobody and I still am but you know what I mean like I was literally a nobody and I reached out to all these big people and they said yes and I never forgot that and that's my way of paying forward so when I get people you know who don't even have shows up yet or anything like that I always say yes because I know what it's like to be in that position of starting your thing that you're so proud of and now we're just talking podcasting but you're so proud yeah. of it and you're and you want it to grow and you want it to whatever and you reach out to these names that feeling you get when you get the email of the person you reached out and they're like yeah I'll do the show like I know what that's like I still go through that to this day by the way yeah so like just you know think of it but in reverse yeah no you're absolutely right and this goes back I, I've talked about this number of times on the show 
I do improv. I do improv comedy. And one of the pillars of improv is to say yes, because if you say no, everything just stops. And like, sometimes when you say yes, things could happen that you had no idea. Things could just build and it can just be remarkable. So I totally agree. Say yes. And, and again, I'm, I'm like Chris, if I ever get to the point where I feel like I'm too big for my britches, now I sound like my dad, but (laughs) (laughs) punch me in the face, like bring me back down to earth. Um, so that's a good transition. So, so you got this epiphany, you're on this trip with your wife. Um, you ended up, you know, uh, getting this job offer, this bougie title, all this stuff. And you guys decided, you know what, let's not do this. I'm going to just sort of figure it out. Um, and so was podcasting that one thing that you thought of immediately or were there some other things that were brewing? No, once upon a time I owned a a successful cafe slash coffee shop. So that was like, maybe I'll start another one of those. Um, I was thinking maybe I did real estate for almost a decade. So I was like, maybe I'll go back into real estate. Like I, I was just swimming with a ton of ideas all the while I'm getting into online. So even like I went through the whole, well, I'll start a niche site thing and affiliate links and like YouTube channel, like I, all that's going through yeah. my head. But all the while, like I said earlier, I was listening to podcasts and it just kind of hit. And once I, once I said, I could do that, that sounds like fun. And I really started deep diving. I stopped thinking of other, of other, of other, of other ideas. I just focused on that one. Everything else sounded amazing and I wanted to get into everything else, but I just decided to zero in on podcasting, you know, and I think that's important because a lot of people, they'll make a decision, but it's almost like being half pregnant. You can't be half pregnant. If you're going to be pregnant, you got to go all the way. If I was going to start a podcast and that this is what I was going to be, I needed to go in all the way. So that's what I did. Boom. And so take us through that process. So you decided to podcast. Oh, so all the while you're unemployed, yep. uh, it's you and your wife. Yep. Um, and, and two small children and two small kids. Is that, no. Cause that weighs heavy as parents. I don't know if you have kids, but no, like not when, yet, when, but when you, when you have a five-year-old and a two-year-old at home, which are now six and three, but like when you have small children, um, and you're the, the income provider, like that there's some tough decisions and some scary nights and like, am I making the right decision? Should I do this? Am I, you know, being selfish? for my family or yeah, am I being selfish because I have a family, but yet I want to follow this dream or like all that stuff runs through your head. But I just, I just put my head down and said, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to beg, borrow and steal to make it happen. And, uh, I'm going to make sure at the very, very least that I'm going to be able to put a roof over my head that I'm going to be able to provide, you know, food for, for my kids and wife. And if it means me having to go get a job at a, at a coffee shop or sweet floors or whatever, regardless of me making all this money and having this, you know, bougie ass title, like if I have to go sweep some floors to, to make sure this dream happens, then that's what I'm prepared to do. And so I take it your wife was on board from the beginning, 110% or were there some, well, first of all, yes, she was absolutely on board, but I think it was, she was on board in the beginning of the sense where, you know, like, this is my husband. I'm going to support my husband. I have no idea what the heck he's doing, but I'm going to support him. And that, that really helps because, you know, she wasn't in my ear saying, oh, you need it. You know what I mean? Like she allowed me to, to kind of roam free and, uh, you know, not having the added weight, unfortunately, that I see other people's spouses do to them. Um, I, I was very fortunate in that aspect, uh, but it, it worked out. That's perfect. Did you guys set any guidelines or, or boundaries or anything like that so that there was more comfort for her? Or was it just, you know what, let's just see where this goes. No. And if we could be, you know, 
honest and real on this show. No, I didn't, I didn't set any boundaries or I didn't set anything. I just went so knee deep into, you know, the show and starting it or whatever that it, it definitely caused some friction along the way within my marriage. You know, like I got so hyper-focused on the show that the, the very thing that I was trying to accomplish, I was discrediting or not even doing as I was building it, you know? So there was some tough conversations that's happened along the way and they, they still may even pop up, you know, between my wife and I, but, um, you know, when they do happen, those are those things where you need to realize like, okay, let me, let me tone it down a bit. Let me, let me eat dinner with my family and do some of those things that I was even forgetting to do because I was so hyper-focused on, on launching this business. Great. And so if you could just take us through that journey um, of starting the podcast and what was like and what sort of uh, barriers that you had to break through um, to get to where you are now. Yeah. I mean, the the whole thing was going back to that, that childlike innocence. I, I had no idea what I was doing. And it, I think it played to, you know, the, the success of the show because I just did. I, I, I'll give you a couple of examples for a while. I was like, what am I going to name the show? It needs to be entrepreneur this. It needs to be that SEL, blah, 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 blah. And then I realized like two, three weeks have passed. I still don't have a name. So what did I do? I just named it after myself, the Chris Cerrone show. You know, I thought if I'm going to have to work that hard to build up whatever magic bullet name I came up with, I'm going to have to still work as hard coming up with my name. So why not just do that? My website, logo, all that. I had the ugliest artwork in iTunes forever. In fact, I was at an event once and I was eating dinner with uh, John Dumas and he flat out said, he's like, yeah, Chris, your, your shit's whack, dude. It's, it's like the ugliest stuff I've ever seen. You know what I mean? Like, and yeah. I agreed with him, but yet my show, especially at that time was doing, you know, thousands and thousands of that. I think I was doing like 5,000 downloads a day at that time with ugly artwork, with a basic, 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 basic website with a show named after me who no one knew who the heck I was. Like I didn't focus on the little things like, you know, the color of my logo or does my tagline match this or whatever. I focused on having the greatest possible content I can for a podcaster. I focused on having the greatest audio quality that I can. And in terms of going back to the content, I made sure each guest was just as amazing as the next. And that doesn't mean having every single big name in the industry either. I didn't want to interview the, the, the usual suspects on my show. I wanted, you know, some of that, but I also wanted the, the people in their, their kitchen starting a business, you know, with their moms and which I had that, uh, and I wanted like, you know, the inspiring stories that, that people don't usually get to hear. And I think, you know, if I, if I did enough of that and if I marketed enough of that, then people would, would kind of let me slide on the artwork. They would let me slide on the website. They would let me slide on all these other things. Yeah. That goes back to an interview I heard with Mark Echo. And he said something along the lines of a logo is like um, a gun with no bullets. Like it does nothing. Like it's the brand. It's the persona that is the bullets that's going to take it through. And so many people get caught up in the little things like, yeah, Oh, should I do WordPress or should I do Drupal or what plugins and blah, blah, blah. And yet they get caught up in that mess and they don't propel forward. And then they wonder why in three months, why they haven't done anything. Yeah. You know, you mentioned Mark Echo and uh, I'll mention someone else within the same uh, realm as um, Shepard Ferry. He's another perfect example. He started, you know, uh, with the most 
like BS looking t-shirts, like the most DIY. It, it was, um, was it like Andre giant has a posse, right? And I mean, talk about D I think he literally made these in his bedroom or something, these t-shirts, but I mean, we all know who he is today. And if you don't look him up, Shepard Ferry, but like the, there's a perfect example, like the, the message behind it and what he was trying to do and what he represented and, and all that way far outweighed these crappy white, you know, one color stencil like t-shirts. Yeah. Know? And I think far too often, I know I, I get sometimes in my head where you're starting out and then you have all these people that you look up to that you admire and then you see where they are now. And you forget that they at one point was where you were. And one of the things that I did that was actually inspiration, I went and tried to, like all the people I looked up to, I tried to find their very first episode. And I listened to all of their first episodes and realized, you know what? They progressively got better. And they started where I was. And it was, again, it was almost like therapy. I'm like, all right, yeah, it's all good. Yeah, I, I, I'll bring New Media Expo up again. There was a ton of, you know, you go to these conferences and it's like, oh, I'm starting this. Oh, I'm starting that. Oh, blah, 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 blah. Like I, I still talk to these people to this day that have has yet to start the thing that they were talking about. And they're, they haven't started it because they need a website design. They need a logo. They need this. They need that. They need every other excuse under the sun. Yet I launched my show. I've, I've seen what I've seen, I've done what I've done, and I've had the success that I've had in this short amount of time. But yet, you and I were in the exact same position back in January of, of 2014 at New Media Expo, and you're, you're still trying to you know, make a big splash in the online community with this, all this flash and pizzazz, and you know, I, I have the coolest, most thought out, sexy logo and website. Dude, screw that. You know what I mean? Like, not not to compare myself, but I'm gonna compare myself for this for this reason. I'm a billion times farther than you. I want you here with me. I'm not saying I'm better than you. I want you here with me. I want us together because I'm friends with the, some of these people. But yet you have cut your own self at the knees because you did not launch your thing or you did not start taking those steps because you're so hung up on what other people are gonna think or how you're being perceived. Yeah. And do you have any tips on how to get out of your head and how to get the limiting beliefs out of the way? Uh, no. And I know that's not what you want to hear yeah, because, and, and here's the real reason there. I mean, it's different for everyone. There is no magic bullet. It's one of those things where you just got to like uncomfortably force yourself to do things that you normally wouldn't do. If you're that gun shy, if you're that an introvert, because that's, that's a reality. If you're that whatever, and it's so bad, it's almost debilitating. Start by doing something as small as saying hi to somebody in a coffee shop. You know, start by someone, something as small as just sending one email out. Start by, you know, introducing your, yourself to like those little things, those those real world examples all play into, you know, the bigger picture. Right. Like if you're scared to to do something, I'll, I'll give you an example for podcasting. If you're launching a show and, and you're trying to figure out how to guest, get guests, reach out to every last big name on earth. Just start doing it. Who cares? What are they going to say? No. Okay. Then you move on. Big freaking whoop. The beauty about those little teeny things and, and saying hi to that cute girl or, or whatever, right, is that those are little wins. And the more little wins you get, the more momentum you build. The more momentum you build, the more you start to feel good about yourself. The more you start to feel good about yourself, the more chances and risks you'll take. And then it just it's a big snowball effect, you know? There we go. So technically I did answer that for you. Yeah, you did. There you <laughs> did. Yeah. Take, take little wins. And 
I'm all about the 80-20 rule. And I, just to boil some things down, it seems like the reason why you were, you have the success that you did is you focused on the stuff that's going to have the biggest impact. Audio quality, yep. guests with a good story, yep. and just promoting yourself. Would you agree, disagree? No, I, w- I would totally agree. Um, and going back to the guest thing, I want to point out is content. Like I would have, I, I have had like major, major names on my show and I would purposely not talk to them about their book or I'd purposely not talk to them about the, the, the thing that everyone knows them for. I, you know, I would talk to them about the most obscure, weird thing I can find on purpose because look, they're a big name. You can hear their background and story in the new book they put out or the YouTube channel they got or whatever, probably on a thousand different podcasts or in a thousand different media outlets, right? I, I would do the research and talk to them about the stuff that they like actually love and enjoy, like enjoy and care because you'll get a guest on, on your show that as a host, I'm sure you, you understand this, they almost go into like autopilot mode when they start talking about their thing that I don't want autopilot mode. I want the fact that you, I don't know, like have this unbelievably crazy addiction to sushi and your favorite sushi place is in this, in, in this hood, in your neighborhood. And, you know, they, they make the sushi in this way. Now, this person could be a famous blogger. It has nothing to do with food or sushi. But, you know, if you're listening to at least what I try to accomplish on my show you get them to open up and you hear their passion behind sushi. And then from sushi could turn into art and from art it could turn into colors and from colors it could turn into why they chose this on their blog. And then you just steer that conversation back to why they're who they are. But the vehicle you took to get to that point was through sushi. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you're right. And when you find what that nugget is and people get passionate and get fired up about it, there's just, even if it's an audio podcast, there's just something about it that you can feel that through your earbuds or whatever. And yeah, there's something very romantic about a podcast because you are in these people's ears. And and I'll tell you an organic effect that I've noticed. You'll get big names and you'll get all these people to do your show and and they'll have a great time and then they'll, they'll stop recording. They'll move on with their lives and they'll never think about you again. However, if you do an interview where they are like having fun and they're engaged and like he's never, someone's never asked me this before, like all this other stuff, that's going to stick with them so much longer. Again, going back to my corporate America experience about presenting and wanting to know, uh, am I making an impact on the higher ups thing? So that next week they're going to remember my name, the same thing on the show. I'll give you a perfect example. Sue Zimmerman, great, great, great friend of mine right now. Um, it wasn't always the case. She was, you know, someone on my radar, I interviewed her. And for whatever reason, um, you know, we had such a great interview that she absolutely loved that shortly after she, she promoted and still does, by the way, everything that I do, she promotes everything that I do. We've now formed a friendship. I can now call her a personal friend and all because I didn't interview her just on the stuff that she was known for at the time. All because she left this interview feeling the warm and fuzzies. To this day, she still says, and this was almost a year ago, she's like, you know, Chris's interview was one of my favorites I've ever done. Like, as a podcaster, that feels so good to me to be able to do that. You know, like, talk about fulfilling to know that I impacted this person's life and they had a good time on my show. Like, my gosh. Yeah. And that should be everything that you do. So this is me getting to like hippie mode. But if your main goal is to delight and spread love, then 
everything else will come. Yep. Like I, I'm a true believer of that. If your intentions and are like not aligned, you put this front on like, oh yeah, I'm blah, blah, blah. But your end goal is to like, oh, I'm, I'm trying to make, you know, I'm trying to make the dollar. Yep. It's going to be very apparent. It'll, even if it's deeper than your subconscious that you want a dollar or you want a download or you want this, it'll come out. It's almost like eating a crap ton of onions. That stuff's going to bleed through your skin. You know what I mean? Like the, your intentions will bleed out. Now, if you're coming at it with the intentions of, I, like you said, I just want to delight. I want to make people happy and I want to just put out good energy and good vibes. It'll come back to you, you know, tenfold. Yeah, exactly. And it's one of those things, the word that I've been hearing seems like every day is, is congruent. And basically that essentially means an alignment. Uh, I had actually had to sort of look that up because everyone kept saying, yeah, I wasn't incongruent. And I'm like, what the hell does this mean? And why is everyone say this word? Uh, and I looked it up like, oh, alignment. And then I looked even deeper. It's essentially, especially if, like, for example, you are going after things for the wrong intention, your body will tell you and it will. And you're like, why can't I keep moving forward? Well, something's not in alignment. So that's been something that I've been trying to be mindful about is like, what do I really want? And sometimes I don't even know. And, and then, but my body's like, nope, this is not good. Yeah. Pump the brakes. So just to move on, because I want to be very mindful of your time. So what are you doing now? So the podcast, you've been, you've been out for a year. Now you have a co-host. Yes. What sort of things do you enjoy doing? Because I know you're doing more than just a podcast now. What sort of stuff do you have yeah. your hands in? We, we have the podcast. Um, we have uh, a group online, which is called the Next Level Society, where we help you know entrepreneurs, small business owners grow, scale, monetize all those fancy words, their thing, um, which is really fun. That that has been a, a true passion project. It is a paid group. Uh, we don't make money on that group because we just dump it right back into the group. And in fact, we're negative when you like factor in some of the trips we take for the group. Um, that that is you know. At the, at the top of my list in terms of fulfillment and just doing what I love, uh, my my co-host Lacey and I we also own a. And we're still trying. It's a white label marketing slash. I don't know. We're still trying to figure that out. It's it's an agency, and we do private consulting, and we help uh, a lot of big brands and a lot, and a lot of big companies. Um, you know with their, with their media, with their strategy, with their sales. I mean, it, it really depends. And I call it white label because, you know, we, we apply, you know, a lot of the stuff that we do on the show, we apply it to them, but also we, we strategize with them and we make, uh, you know, custom, whatever you want to call it, uh, you know, outcomes that, that are only tailored for them and what's important to them and their, their brand and their messaging. Um, that's, you know, we're, essentially the the money comes from from that aspect and that has just been an absolute blast i mean most recently <clears throat> we have a client back east that flew us out there and we're revamping their entire new media strategy i don't just say social media because that's a component of it but we're revamping their entire new media strategy and just coming back from that trip some of the things that we were able to implement we were able to to quantify the the metrics and the results that that are happening so that we're able to go back to the this company that hired us and say you know here's the ROI on this and and here's the ROI on that and by tweaking this knob and and pulling this lever you now added x amount of of dollars in revenue to your to your business so um 
going back to the fulfillment piece, which is huge for me, like that, that's really fulfilling and being able to do it. And I'm not going to lie. When we do something like that, I, I kind of puff my little chest and I say, yep, I was responsible for that. Like, like I, I'm more into doing it to myself than getting the credit and the accolades. I just want to know if I see a company that I've been involved with succeed, say to myself, like, yeah, I had my hand in that. You know, my, my DNA is, is in that strategy or, or, you know, that ad or whatever. Again, so many, so many takeaways in that short statement. But the one thing that I wanted to point out is do it for yourself. Yep. No one has to tell you anything. And that's something that I've been learning time and time again, because I'm, I'm a helper. I love helping. I love making people succeed. But along the way, I figured I, I was doing it for the wrong reasons. I was doing it for like the praise and like, Thanks, Gary. Yeah. But then when it didn't come, like it was almost like, oh, wow. And so then I realized I did something great like this. Yeah. You know, and because they didn't give me props, that has nothing to do with what I did and has nothing to do with our relationship. They just, you know, they may be in a different place. Yeah. Do it for yourself. Give yourself the props. Puff your puff your own chest out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and uh, this is something that I when I do a lot of mentoring and whatnot with uh, college students. I, especially when they're first on the job, um, I tell them to make a fuck yeah, insert your name here folder for all the cool shit that you yes. did. <laughs> That's where it, it needs to go because when you're down and when you're having one of those days where you're like, nothing's going right, go to that folder and look at that one email or look at that thing that you did and say, yep, I did that. I, let, let me give you an example because this is so, so, so true. I just went through this with Lacey. Both of us were going through this a couple of weeks ago. I, I, I mentioned our group, The Next Level Society. It's it, it's private consulting and coaching, whatever you want to call it, right? Um, very, very secretive, okay? It's a secret society. And every single one of these people in the group, we've either helped them grow whatever metric they're trying to grow. We've put money in their pockets. Like every single one of these people ha has advanced because of us. This one guy in particular, um, he was able to quit his job as a, as a full-time teacher. He now makes quadruple. I think what he makes as a teacher, he moved to Santa Barbara. He's living like the dream life, right? All because of us. We kind of forgot that and we kind of lost our way and we started to get down on ourselves. And, and I got no problem being open about this. Like we were just like, what are we doing? Are we even helping? Uh, like all these like self-defeating thoughts started popping in our mind to the point where we were debating closing down the next level society. Like it's how bad it got. So then we did a, a, an open house episode for the next level society. And we reached out to everybody in the group and we said, Hey, we want to do something fun with a podcast and, and talk about next level society because we're always so secretive about it. And we always get asked questions and you know, we're secretive for a reason, but let's like an open house, right? Uh, let's invite people in, feed them some, some chips and drink, let them look around and then kick them out later. But like, let, let's let them get a peek behind the curtains. So we had them record these little snippets of, of what it's done for them or what it means to them and all this other stuff. And without, prompting them or asking them what to say or anything, every single one of them was like, oh my God, you helped me do this. You've done that. This is what it's done for me. I've lost weight because of it, even though I wasn't there for losing weight. Like just all these amazing things that these people poured into, into saying, and Lacey and I heard it and we were taken back. Lacey will admit this. She freaking cried. And she was like, this, this, we are doing something, you know, we, we just got wrapped up in our own heads uh, about what we were doing. And then we started, you know, self-defeating or whatever. So for us, that was our F yeah file, hearing all those people pour into 
you know, audio for us, right? Like they didn't have to do it. It was a, it was a big commercial for the next level of society. They knew it. We told them why we were using this audio, but they proceeded one by one to tell us all the amazing things that's happened. And it, it really hit us hard. So, you know, a very long winded way to, to tell you, yes, like everybody listening to this, have that file because it's peaks and valleys and you're going to hit one day a very deep valley and you need to go back and say, this is why I'm doing this. You know what I mean? Or I do have the ability to do this. It's not, I'm not an imposter. I I've done it before. I just need it thrown in my face. Yeah, exactly. All right. So we've reached the point in the show where it's time to jump into the lightning round. And this is the point where I ask all of my guests the same questions just so we can hear how they tick. Chris, are you ready to jump into the lightning round? As uh, ready as I'll ever be. Let's do this. I almost sounded like John Lee Dumas for a second. I almost <laughs> like it almost are came out ready? of me. Yeah. Are you ready to ignite? Yeah. Uh, it, it just like it almost like now I know why he does it because it just rolls off the tongue and you're just yeah. so pumped up. Uh, all right. So the first question, Chris, is when you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? I wanted to be something it felt like every week. You know what I mean? Like. I wanted to be a cop. I wanted to be a fireman. All the normal stuff that that little kids, you know, to want to want to be. But um, there wasn't really one major major thing I wanted to be, and I, I see that as as fortunate and and almost cool because I dove into professions and things, and I learned so much about them. And I don't know if it's ADD or I get bored or whatever. I'd move on to the next. But to this day. I still pull from my knowledge base of things that I've researched and wanted to do or learn from the past. You know, it, it's made me more of a, a well-rounded person, more, more cultured. So next question is what hobbies do you currently have or what do you like to do for fun? Uh, I have no hobbies. I do nothing for fun. I, all I do is work, 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 work. But um, I'm, I'm big into cars. I love classic cars. I love new cars. I love everything from like a 32 Ford all the way to the new Mercedes that just came out. Like I'm a, I'm a big, you know, person in cars. Another major, major passion, and this this bleeds out through the, the show really, and uh, even some of the guests that I bring on is skateboarding. Like I grew up skateboarding. I still skateboard with my boys. Like I absolutely love skateboarding and I love what it's about and I love what it does for, for kids and people and I can't say enough good things about it. In fact, real quick side story, I was telling you before we hit record, yeah, we, we went down to, to San Diego to do this thing and you know this distribution house, whatever. That was a skateboarding distribution house and they, they distribute some of the largest skateboarding brands in the industry and I got to go into the warehouse and, you know, talk to people and talk to the owner and just totally geek out on skateboarding. So, um, yeah, you're just like a kid in a candy shop, huh? Yeah. It was nuts. Like to be where I was at, kids would probably like chop their hands off to be there. I know if I was a kid and I I wanted to go to this particular warehouse, that's, it's very well known in the skating industry. Like I would have done anything to, to do it. And here I was in this warehouse, granted in my mid thirties now, walking around and seeing all the stuff in this particular warehouse that it's been around for, you know, 25 plus years. So just the history alone that's happened in that building. I got, I was just in shock and awe while we were there. There you have it. Did they let you try out any of the boards? No, but, uh, we were able to go and, and pick through and, and take a couple boards and clothing and, and just gear. And they, they sent us off with some nice care packages after we left. It was just absolutely amazing. There you have it. All right. A few more questions is, when you travel, what are three things that you take with you everywhere you go that are not, it's not your cell phone. You can't use that one. My GoPros. Always, always take the GoPros. Um, 
my book, my little three ring binder book. Uh, I know everyone has Evernote and they have all this other stuff, but uh, there's something psychological about actually writing. Um, Not that I'm a writer or anything, but like I don't write stories, but like I'll have ideas or whatever. Like I have this little book. I always take that with me. And if it can't be my cell phone, it's probably my podcasting equipment. My my Zoom H6 and three ATR 2100 microphones. Those always go with me wherever I travel. Uh, many, 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 many times Lacey and I will be on a trip for business, for consulting, but we've, we've managed to, to hook up an interview and we'll go do the interview live. And had I not had that equipment on me at all times, we would have probably had to done it over Skype or whatever and, and missed out on the experience of doing it live in the person's office or whatever. Be in the moment, be present, be ready. Yep. yep. There we go. So how do you stay inspired? Uh, by constantly looking outside of my own niche and my own industry. I, I just released a show um, about the changes that are happening to the Cerrone show. <clears throat> and I made the comment of, I want to do business that have with people that have no idea who John Lee Dumas is. I want to do business with people that have no idea who Nick Guns with Cliff Ravenscraft, you know, Lewis Howes, all, all these names, Pat Flynn. I want to do business with people who have no clue who they are and could give two Fs about who they are not knocking them one bit. I'm saying that more is because that's how I'm me personally am going to continue to be inspired and going to continue to be creative and continue to be forward thinking and, and look outside of my industry. You know, like artists do this all the time. Designers do this all the time. They get inspirations from the most craziest, weirdest things. It could be, you know, fire that they get inspiration from and that fire it causes them to to build the most amazing building in downtown New York. Like you just never know where you're going to pull it from. So I try to stay in that mentality of, of constantly looking outside of, of my own circle. There you have it. Two more questions. Question number one is, is there a quote or affirmation that you like to live your life by? Uh, it changes all the time. I mean, I, I love quotes. There, there isn't one set in stone one. Like right now I'm hot on shoot first, ask questions later. <laughs> there you go. That's just because I've been been doing that a lot lately. So I'll pick that one. <laughs> All right. There we go. And the last question is, if you can give our listeners one tip, one thing that they can do right now to help them get clarity and do work that they love, what would that be? Uh, man, I'm going to give you this generalized answer, but I'm going to follow up with a very long-winded explanation. And that's that's really to take action. Um, people, they don't realize, you know, the power of just taking that first step. They don't realize, again, going back to what we were talking about, little wins and momentum. You know what I mean? Like once you start taking action and doing things, the psychological feel of that accomplishment or, wow, I didn't think I can do that. And I did. And, you know, even writing an email, like I was scared of getting turned down, but I emailed this person, like just start doing that and, and just be open to, to any and all opportunities that, that present themselves, you know, like always say yes and just continuously take action because it'll get you into a place that like myself and now that I never thought I would ever, ever be in, but also lift the veil of, self-doubt that's in your life right now from all this action that I've been taking and all these things that I'm doing and all these shooting first asking questions later type things I've been doing. Like I honestly feel that I can do and accomplish anything. You know, I, I had this, uh, not argument, but discussion with my co-host Lacey where 
we'll we'll be talking about something and she'll be like, no, there's no way we can do that. And I'll be like, why not? Like, why the heck not can we do it? Whereas a couple months back, you know, someone would tell me, you can't do that. And I'd be like, you know what? You're right. There's no way I can do it. I mean, come on. They're too busy or this it requires money or blah, 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 blah. Now I'm like, why the heck not? Just the process of loan of, of trying is going to be a blast. Yeah. So Why not? Yeah. It's about the journey, right? Exactly. Perfect. So thank you so much, Chris, for being on the show. It has been a delight. And I know you listening, you're probably getting so much for this because I know I am. I, I took tons and tons of notes. It's almost like therapy for me. So <laughs> I'm like, you could talk all day, Chris. Uh, but now it's your turn. If you could just let our listeners, especially if they were inspired and they want to keep in touch, how can they find what you're doing and, and learn more about you and, and stay up to date with you? Yeah, just go to saroneshow.com. That is the mothership of of really, you know, everything that we're doing uh, on and offline. Obviously, you'll, you'll have the shows and all that, but I believe right now in the top right corner, all my social media is there. So whether you want to connect on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever, you can find all that at saroneshow.com. Uh, I'm going to pose a challenge to everyone listening right now to get out of their comfort zone and shoot me a tweet and What's if I can? Yeah, let's do this challenge at Blue Gino, B L U E G E N O. Um, what's your Twitter handle? Uh, Gary Ware, okay, so or BT Clockdale, whatever at Blue Gino at Gary Ware. Mm-hmm. Both of our tweets, yep, say, Hey, I heard this episode today, and literally that's it. Because again, those little teeny, 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 teeny things they start to build momentum. So that's that's the first step right there. Get out of your comfort zone. Shoot us both a tweet. Say you you heard us talk on the on today's show. And if you really want to get gangster, maybe take a pic of where you're at while you're listening and send it to both of us. Boom. Challenge accepted. So if you're listening and you are looking to take that next step, this is the next step. And I want to see how many people are taking that challenge. And this has been another episode of Breakthrough Cocktail. It's been a pleasure talking to you, Chris. And to everyone out there listening, Stay awesome. I'll see you next time. You've been listening to Breakthrough Cocktail. If you liked what you heard, be sure to visit www.breakthroughcocktail.com forward slash newsletter to sign up for the insider newsletter. As a subscriber, you'll get instant access to exclusive content and frequent doses of happiness. See you there. Until then, stay awesome.